This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Winnipeg's Assiniboine Park Zoo is converting their grounds into a winter wonderland. And this is more than just some cool holiday lights. There's going to be fire pits, sweet treats, and oh, so much more. Community reporter Derek Lackey has more details. Hey, good morning, Derek. Oh, do we have Derek's audio pulled up there, guys? Oh, is Derek's uh, Skype frozen? Hello, Derek. Derek, hello. Hello, Derek. Derek, hello. Okay, let's go over to camera number one, and why don't we do this? Why don't we head over to Tech Trends to sort out some of these technical details? So in today's edition of Tech Trends, Mike Dubusky is going to tell you all about some concerns being raised about toxicity and hate speech in the online gaming space. Paul Barrett is the deputy director of NYU's Center for Business and Human Rights. He says there's a reason that gamers are being targeted. The features of these sites are such that they are particularly useful to people who would happen to spread bad ideas or try to recruit people into conspiracies. Occasionally, the games themselves can contain content designed to radicalize. Meanwhile, gaming live streaming platforms like Discord and Twitch say they've banned users, worked with law enforcement, and are developing new technologies to crack down on hateful content. But Barrett says there's more to be done. We need regulation, greater publicity, and public understanding about what's going on as the potential to create pressure on the companies to do what they should be doing on their own. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Thank you very much, Mike. Nice of you to fill a little time there while we re-engaged contact with community reporter Derek Lackey in Winnipeg, Manitoba, talking all about the Assiniboine Park Zoo in their winter wonderland. So, Derek, let's see if we've got you loud and clear this time. I'm here, Dave. You got me good? (laughs) Ah, we got you loud and clear, Derek. So, the event is called Zoo Lights. Why do you think this event brings so much magic to the park? I think for a lot of the children and a lot of the individuals that um, come out to this, it's not only because it's being held at our zoo. So a lot of the kids are wondering if there's going to be any of the animals outside, maybe, maybe the polar bears, but obviously <laughs> not the other animals. But, um, you know, I, I think for the kids, the zoo is just a magical place to begin with. And when you're talking about a venue as large as the Point Park Zoo, so you're talking over two kilometers of pathways to walk and stuff. And the fact that they light up the entire zoo really, um, really creates some magic for the holiday season and, and thinking about how much could actually be there and the entertainment. I, I think, I think it starts alone with the magic of the fact that it's at the zoo. And then once you filter in the fact that it's going to be lit up for the holiday season, it just brings a whole new kind of magic to the season. Now, the park is considering not just the general population. There are going to be some specialized theme nights, including a sensory night. So what are some of the accommodations the park is putting forward here to make this a more inclusive opportunity for people in the city? You know, Dave, I'm I'm really loving the fact that um, 
these different uh, different sensory issues that we're finding more and more these days and that are becoming more prominent are being addressed appropriately and um, being included uh, in a lot of these events. So for the sensory night, we can expect a lot of um, lower uh, volume on the on the music. So it's not overstimulating for the little guys um, that do have these sensory issues. Strobe lights will be turned off as to not create any any triggers or issues, uh, whether it's it's uh, like a, a cerebral palsy or or a seizure issue, and as well, we can expect um, a lot less of the population. So we can expect only a fifty percent capacity on the zoo in order to try and maintain a healthier and more um, welcoming environment for those individuals with those sensory issues. What about some other general accessibility considerations? Maybe somebody doesn't feel the need to go to the sensory night, for example, but what are some of the broader accessibility uh, accommodations or considerations that somebody should take into account before they head out to the park? Well, you know, definitely you're, you're going to be outside. So obviously you're you're dressing up and you're approaching a, a very large venue Um and, you know, washrooms are always a concern. So kind of being able to contact ahead of time. And, uh, you know, I, I usually call and find out, hey, what kind of accessibility do you have? Do you have uh, lots of volunteers in order to help out with this? Do you have any um anyone that can be around to help me out if I decide to go alone, uh, where the washroom's located. So it's usually good to do a little bit of research before you head out to these venues, uh, including, you know, your bus travel, okay, from from bus routing, is there any direct uh, drop-offs available? Is there another way to get there? So uh, the Winnipeg um, Zoo here is just absolutely phenomenal. They have great uh, a number of volunteers out and available to help out. Um, they're always around and located. Uh, you can get um, a, a guided tour if you needed to. Um, but um, the Winnipeg Zoo is just all around. It's been complete. It's very accessible. Yeah, I, I always think about that as pre-orientation. If I know I'm going to a space that even if I've got some familiarity with, it's always a good reminder. Hey, where is the bus stop? Where? What is the general layout of the space? It's one of those things, Derek, that allows me to have peace of mind before I go somewhere. It, it's a. It, it is. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to get the layout of the zoo. Um, it, it is very twisty turny, so it would be very hard uh, in order to try and um, kind of get a layout. And, and meanwhile, they've created a Celtic knot in your in your mind as they're trying to explain it to you. So, um, being able to. Um, you know, they have lots of volunteers posted at uh, different sections and around where you can gain that, you know, like, where can I go from here? What's over here? What's available? Um, where should I head to next? Yeah. And being able to get a lot of that help. That's it's always phenomenal, whether it's summer or winter. Lots of volunteers out. Plan of attack is always a good idea. Assiniboinepark.ca to learn more. A-S-S-I-N-I-B-O-I-N-E park.ca. Assiniboinepark.ca. And uh, Zoo Lights runs every night from now until January the 7th with that special sensory night taking place on Wednesday, December the 6th. So just a couple days away from uh, that one. Uh, for that particular for that particular event. Okay, Derek, let's switch over to the world of music. Winnipeg's own Fred Penner is returning to the Burton Cummings Theatre. It's an all-ages concert for the season. It's going to be held Sunday, December the 17th at 3 p.m. Central Time. 
Just uh, what's the general vibe at a Fred Penner concert? Party, fun, um, good times. Uh, It's Fred Penner. I mean, there's not much you can say that would be uh, other other than a good time and uh, a sing along and and happy and fun and light. Uh, about Fred Penner. I mean, uh, I remember growing up watching his show and he's pulling his guitar bag out of the inside of a trunk of a tree before he head off and he'd start <laughs> his music. And, and, you know, the cat came back that synonymous song with Fred Penner that everyone knew about this crazy little cat in the cartoon. So it's, uh, it, it's very exciting to hear that he's back yet again. I mean, he's been doing this for well over 50 years, and he is just a phenomenal, phenomenal entertainer. He addresses so many different facets of uh, society and with his w- round from music to video to education. It's just an all around awesome uh, feeling whenever uh, Fred Penner comes around. I'm very excited to, and interested in taking uh, Nino out to come and see him play. What about the theater itself? What are some of the considerations around the Burton Cummings Theater? So the Burton Cummings Theater is very accessible. Um, the location is a little harder to get to, but there is lots of bus routing very close by. Uh, so it is very accessible in that sense. Uh, it is a very nice theater that has lots of washrooms as well as uh, theater staff in order to help you and it gets you to your appropriate seating and to make sure that you can. I mean, I used to go to concerts there all the time, uh, even when I was sighted and they would still help you to your seat so it is very accessible lots of um you know places for relief uh, as well as uh, a little bit of uh, nourishment if you need some some snacks or something to drink and uh, to get there very easy to do uh definitely do your orientation beforehand but lots of uh winnipeg transit busing very close by love it hey derek thank you for this today have a great holiday season with the family talk to you in 2024 Sounds great, Dave. Happy holidays to you, too. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.